Go to your Bibles now to the book of Acts. The book of Acts in verse number 17. Some of these verses probably are familiar to most of us. And I have a principle I'm going to preach. Very, very simple. And, but very powerful. If applied appropriately. And if our perspective can be that we can keep it this way. I think it will help our service and our spirit towards our God and to our brothers and sisters. It will help it. It will help it to be fresh and will understand that it is a privilege to serve. And it's a privilege to be under the shadow of the Almighty. We're under his authority. He's God, we're not. And so the title of my message, I need to get to the book of Acts. Are you there? Say amen. Good for y'all. I'm not there. Acts chapter number 17. Uh, Acts chapter number 17. I'll get there. Some of you are not either. You're lying. You're lying. All right? All right. Acts 17, verse number 22. Uh, Let me read you uh, uh, verse uh, number 24 and 25. And let's stand for the honor of the word of God. And then we'll kind of dissect this passage a little bit. All right? So let's read. Honor the word of God. Look at it. Note it with your eyes as I read it aloud. Acts chapter number 17, verse number 24 and 25. God had made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with man's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth, to all life and breath and, look at this powerful phrase, all things. Lord, we come to you and humbly ask for your audience. Lord, we are not entitled to you listening to us at all. But because you honor your word and you're a man and a God of your word, you told us we can come boldly to your throne. And because on the merit of you being honorable, you answer our sin, uh, you answer us sinners, and you are, are kind to us, and you are merciful to us, and you are gracious to us. And Lord, there's no merit of my own. I ask you, Lord, to be special with us this morning. Work in our hearts, help us to get this perspective right, and help us to keep it right, so that we can serve you, and we would have that spirit of thanksgiving, to be always thankful for whatever happens in our lives. Lord, bless me, help me as a mere instrument of your righteousness. Help me to be used. Cleanse me. Help my tongue. Help my mind. Help me to be clear. Help me to be understood. Help those listening to be not distracted. Bless, we ask, in this moment of time, Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the title of the message this morning is Creature... Or creator. Creature or creator. Now we understand creature is the created being. Creator is the one that created. So we understand that. Now let's get the proper perspective in here. Sometimes, no, no, uh, in, in, in knowledge we would say God is the creator. In knowledge, in, if I ask you that, if you've been in church any longer time, even if you're not a church attender uh, in, in a regular basis, most of us in America, because we're founded upon 
Bible principles, we know God to be the creator. But my question is not knowledge. My question is, in practice, do we put God truly as he is, the creator? And what does that mean? And we're going to look at some verses here that kind of will make this sense to us. Because sometimes, and we have to be careful, because the Bible talks about this. And Pastor Cole, if you've been here Sunday morning lately, he's talking about the power, the sources of power. In fact, in your bulletin, there's all of those sources of power in there. Make a mind look at it and listen to some of those preaching. But you see the sources of power. And uh, at times, he mentioned this verse. We have a form of godliness but then we deny the power of it. We have the form of godliness, but we deny the power of it. And I think it's pivotal, not just in lips that we say God is our creator, but our lives represent that God is truly our creator. Because we can say one thing, and words are cheap. It's easy to say things. It's harder to live up to what we say. And Christianity is not just in words, although it is very important to have the words of Christianity, but it is also in lifestyle. It has to be communicated, not just in words, but in action. All right, let me give you an example. It's easy for me to say to my wife, I love you, dear. It's a whole lot harder to show it to her. Correct? Gentlemen, how did you guys do in Valentine's Day? By an uplift hand, who won and who did not? Men, who did great? Men, there's a few honest men. All right, put your hands down. Where's your wives? Where's these wives of these men? Did they do good? All right, there's some testimonies. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think I did good. My wife's not here to say anything to, to back that up. But I did good. I got flowers, and I got chocolate. I did spend a lot of money, so I feel I did good. (laughs) But I can say I love you easier with words than with deeds. We can say God is my creator, but how are we showing that by our life? How are we showing that by our life? And I'll give you some scenarios and some ideas to make it practical and applicable to you today. Look at Acts 16, 17, and we'll read you verse 22. All right, I'll start there. Now, this is Paul. Paul has been in uh, preaching mode. Acts 17 is an amazing chapter. He's in Thessalonica. He ended up going to Berea. There's some great response of him preaching the word of God. And now he was taken to Athens. So this is in Athens. You know that in history. You know where Athens is in Greece. And so we find it here in verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. All right, it's a prominent high place where everybody could hear him, a forum. All right, a forum of a place. We do that now on the Internet. That's what we do it now. We don't do it physically. Back in the day, they, they talked in public places. They'll have men stand up and uh, give an opinion on some things. And, and you'll find that when you read this, okay? So look at it, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. He saw an opportunity and he took it. And said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription. 
right? You know the Greek gods, right? So they come from these, the, uh, the Hellenistic mindset, all right, is from the Greeks. And later when the Romans conquered them, they, they followed suit. They liked what they did, so they did that. So look at here now. They found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What an opportunity. I'm going to put a side note here. Find the time and the chance that God gives you to give him glory, and don't miss it. God will give it to you if you ask for it in everyday life. You can tell somebody about Jesus today. You can tell somebody about Jesus tomorrow. You can do it when you're shopping. You can do it when you're paying bills. You can do it when you go to the doctor's office. You can do it when you buy your food at the drive-thru. You can give a testimony that Christ is your Savior by getting a gospel track as you go out this way. There's some gospel tracks in the back. That's probably the easiest way to do it in America. And get a gospel track at the drive-thru. When they give you your food, you say, hey, thank you for your service. The fries are not hot, but it's okay. No, don't say that. But give them a gospel track. And let the gospel track be a witness. It's better than not doing anything. It's better than being quiet. Do something. And that's what Paul did. He was walking along. He was in Athens. And he's been preaching in Thessalonica. And he said, some people didn't like what I said. Some people believed in God's sake. I went to Berea. A lot of them got saved. Now I'm going to Athens to see what they do. I'm just going to preach. And he found this altar. And what an opportunity. I think God was in it. To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. What a powerful statement. Him I declare unto you. What a captivated audience that would have been. Nobody probably have ever done that what he did before this time. And he said, hey, guys, you even made a, an altar for him. Let me talk to you about this God that is unknown to you. Let, him, let me make him known to you. And he preached. Look at his sayings here. Verse 24, we read it earlier. This is his, this is his opening statement. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. God is not dependent on any human being or any human organization. God is all sufficient on his own. He doesn't need any of us, but we sure need him. But we all surely need him. Look at verse 25. Neither is worshipped with man's hands. May I drop a thought in your mind? We don't worship God and is dictated by our, our own personal ideas of how he should be worshipped. We find sometimes we take that and free will, use it against ourselves, by now, in our mind, we step over God's sovereignty by our free will, and we clearly, clearly are out of bounds. And we start deciding as a human race, as a human individual, we dictate to you, Lord, how you should be worshipped. That's what he's saying here. No, 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 no. I didn't leave it to you humans to decide how to worship me. I'm clear in my word that you should worship me in the beauty of holiness. 
The Bible is not silent on how to worship God. And he didn't leave it to humankind to decide how to do it. Am I clear there? All right, I'm clear there. So let's move on here. Neither is worship in man's hands, verse 25, as though he needeth anything. And it tells you why he doesn't need anything. And by the way, we need this, what he's about to give. All right, look at this. As though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life. See, our God, the Bible God, the truly Christian God of the Bible, the King James Scripture, is a God that says to you, you need me. You did not create me, and I don't exist simply because you conjure me up into existence. I am God whether you are here or whether you're not here. And if you are wise, join me because I love you. And I'm the only one that ever showed you love. If you look at and study any other religion, they're all based on work. And the worshipers are to work and never give an assurance, never give an assurance that their worship is enough to, 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 to obtain the favor of the God that they worship. It's only in true Christianity that the creator God came and served the worshipers and gave his life. What humility, what example of humility God showed us. When he deserves every possible glory and worship, he is worthy of that and more. Yet he resigned those things because he knew he needed for him to die for us because we needed him. And look at the attitude here now as Paul is beginning to, to, to unravel some principles and some mindset and some perspective on how the Athens were viewing this God. And look at, look at what he says. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath. And Daniel, God says he holds our breath in his hands. He's in control. We are not. He's in control. We are not. And in all things, uh, verse 25 there, and verse number 26 continues, and says, and had made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Very clear here that the Bible tells us in another portion that life is in the blood. Guess who came up with the blood? God. Next time you go to the Kaleida or... uh, What's the other one that I don't like? Uh, what was the one? I, I, I forgot about him. I don't like him. Yeah, that one. No offense, whoever listening that likes quest, you can, you can choose to, to have them do it. I like Kaleida, so I go to them. Nurses are prettier and nicer. No, just kidding. No, 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 no just kidding. Being stupid now. Sorry, guys. But the next time you see your blood come out of your come out of you or you're in the hospital. You know you can give God glory. He designed that so you could live. And without blood, you don't have life. 
and, and, and Paul is saying to the Athenians, my God exists without you, but you could not exist without him. And see, the perspective change. Because when you're in charge of making up a God, then that God depends on your ability. And that God depends on your power. And that God depends on you moving it all around. And the Bible talks about those things. You have made gods of gold and metal and silver. They don't hear. They don't see. They can't even walk. If they need to walk, they need you to grab them and walk them around. Now, we don't have idols like that, but we have heart idols in our heart that we feel like God is secondary. This is more important. And I will give this more time that I would give my God. And you see, we have a problem. So I'm going to preach that this morning. So let's continue here now in verse number uh, 26. And had made one blood all nation of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. All right? And had determined the times before appointed and the boundaries of their habitation. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of principle right there. He said, where you're living, where you're living, the house you're living in right now, and all the commodities and amenities, God says, I had a part in all of that. Your health, that you can work, I had a part in that. I gave you life. I gave you breath. Try doing something without taking a breath and see how you do. And see how you do. And when's the last time you thought about taking a breath? It's something that is natural to us. We just do it. I'm doing it right now. and I'm not thinking about it. It's amazing, this perspective I'm trying to bring out to you. Stay with me now. Look at verse number 28. Verse number, uh, uh, sorry, 27. That they should seek the Lord. So there's a result, okay? There is a result now of putting God in the proper perspective. That he is the creator, and we are the creature. All right? Look at it says now. That they, the creatures, the created being, should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him. And by the way, there's a verse that says God is, is nigh to every one of us. He is near. He's not hiding. He is in the, you can see him. If you want him, you'll find him. So look at this now, verse 27. Though he be not far from every... I just should read the Bible instead of me saying something else. Though he be not far from every one of us. Verse number 28. For in him, clarified again, for in him we live. You're going to go ski? Is there enough to know to go skiing? You're going to ride your snowmobile? You're going to enjoy... The guns you have because we live in the United States. We have amendment rights. And praise the Lord, by the way, as an American. Let me say amen on that. Just realize this. You have no idea how some things in your life, in your mind, is so minuscule that you wouldn't even have it without God. Because God exists, you get to enjoy that key lime cheesecake. Because God exists, 
you get to enjoy Diet Coke. For we live. What includes in your living? A job. What includes in the living there? Everything you do to be alive. Driving your vehicles. Wearing the clothes that you have. I'm trying to get a proper perspective on God because I want to I wanna lift him up this morning. I want to make him in our mind where he should be. He should be preeminent. He should be number one. He should, she should be so involved in me that I don't forget him in my decisions, in the way I talk to people, in the way I react to people, in the way I treat people. Because he's above all. He's the creator. And it's so, and I don't know because I'm not God, but how hurtful it might be that he gives us all things to enjoy and the things that he gives to enjoy means more to us than the giver of those things. Look at this, verse 28, for in him we live. Wow, here's a powerful verse. Look at this next word. You just have to believe it by faith. And move. Just the way I moved over here just a minute ago, and some of you that are feeling the age, and you can't move as easily. And that's because of sin-cursed world. We grow old. But the movement I have with my hips, I don't dance in public, but I do dance with my wife in the privacy of our home. And I can move my hips pretty good. So I appreciate those. I can move my hands. I could see. I could hear. I could speak. And it's because of God. And it's because of God. Have you found in a day that you have neglected to acknowledge your God in the busyness of your life. Christian, have you at some point in time in the day, I hope it doesn't happen to us as Christians. We're, we're finite, so we can't think of multiple things all at the same time. Some are better than others in that. But I hope it doesn't go on a day that God and you don't have a time together. You need to have a time with that God I'm talking about. Well, I don't know him. Well, there's no reason for you not to. He gave you his word. He said, you can know me right here. Well, I don't know how to read. Well, learn to read. Find somebody to help you. Go to a church. Get discipled. Do something to know your God. Look at this. It continues. For as much then as we are the offsprings of God, we came from God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, and that's the God of long-suffering. 
Look at how merciful he is. He, he looked at it and says, it's okay. Let me turn a blind eye to this. Let me, just, let me just not make this a big deal. But look at this now, the next phrase. But now, since Jesus Christ came and died, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent, to change your perspective, to, ta- to change your point of view, to change the way you think about this God. He's the ever-existing one. He's the all-sufficient God. And you cannot live your life without him. And you wouldn't want to. He is the creator. So I think it's clear by this point after reading this, we find that he is the creator. And we are the creature. Look at verse uh, 30. In the times of ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Look at verse 31. Because he had appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he had ordained. Who's, who's this man he's talking about? Whom he had given assurance unto all men. And that he had raised them from the dead. Anybody? Class, who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ, since Jesus Christ died for our sins and was buried as according to the scriptures, rose on the third day to give us victory over sin and the grave and the power and influence of sin, Paul is now saying, Paul is now saying we have no excuse. We have no excuse because God has given us and shown us and manifested and commended his love toward us. Now we know. Now we know this unknown God. Now we know him. He's Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. I preach to you Jesus. That's what Paul was known for. And he says, now you didn't know that before. But now his son came. Jesus himself died. And now he said, let's put God in the proper perspective of who he is. He's the creator. And we're the creature. Look at Psalms 100. Psalms 100. I got two points for you. My introduction took a long time. But I got two points for you. If God truly is our Lord and Master. Now, he needs to be your Savior first of all. Before he becomes your Lord and Master. If you don't know Jesus, like I said in the beginning of the message. Simply ask him to be your Savior. He'll save you from your sins. But then after that. He has to become your Lord and Master. That's what it's talking about here. Look, in verse number 3 of uh, Psalms 100. Psalms 100 and verse number 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We're not self-existence. We need help. We are not self-made. We're not. We can't live without God. It is he that had made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So what is the result when we put God not just in lip service, but when we say truly that God is our creator, then our life will change. The things we do, in our demeanor, in spirit, in our attitude about the things that we need to do. So look at now, number one, if truly God is the creator and we're the creature, guess what? 
then number one, we serve. Service comes in. And look at Psalms 100. Look at the verse before three, verse number two. Serve the Lord with God gladness. Come before his presence with singing. If properly placed, God is the master and Lord. He's the creator and we are the servants and we are the creature. If that is properly there, what will be produced? Number one in our lives. Everybody? Service. We will serve God some way, somehow. We'll find a way to serve God. Service will be produced out of us. And I don't have to beg you, pry you, manipulate you. Or anybody else would have to do any of that. You would do it because he first loved you. You love him because he first loved you and his love constrains you. And so here's the thought. Service. So I have some things in here that I wrote down. If this is in your mindset of service, you'll say things like this. His will be done. Whatever he wants should be what happens. I will do it his way. I will do it God's way. I will do it his way. What he says is the most important in an issue or a circumstance. What he says is most important. How can I please him? We would say these things in our, in our service for God. We would do these things. Uh, how can I please him? What would you have me do, God? What would you have me do, God? All right? If this is properly in our perspective, we say God is our creator, God is our master, God is our Lord. Now, in action, these things have to be verbalized and practiced. And we say things like this. I surrender to your will and way, O Lord. What's another thing produced? Psalms 100 again. Look at that verse after verse 3, verse number 4. What is produced? Service. Another thing produced, the spirit of thanksgiving, an attitude of thanksgiving. All right, you see this in verse number four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. If the Bible's not clear, I don't know what is. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If he's truly the creator, and you're the creature, he's the master and Lord, and you're the servant. The product is service, and the product is the spirit of thanksgiving. And you'll say in that spirit, you'll have this attitude towards God. And I wrote a few things down. You'll say things like this. You're right. You're right. God, you're right. And maybe add this. I'm wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. How about this? You're good. All the time. And all the time, you're good. You'll say things like this. Thank you. I don't deserve anything. Thank you. I don't deserve anything. Thank you, Lord. I don't deserve anything. If you have the spirit produced in you because truly you're living a life 
that God is your master and Lord, and you are the servant, you'll say things like this. Praise the Lord. You'll say things like that. Maybe not as loud as I did. It might be quietly in your home. But you'll say that in your heart. You'll say, praise be to God for how good he is to me. Right? Your attitude will be different. And you'll say things like, whew, now everything's going the way I feel like it should, but I'm joyful. I'm joyful. I'm joyful because God's on my side. He'll see me through. You'll say things like, I shall not want. You'll say things like, I don't need anything else, Lord. I'm totally contented and satisfied. You'll say some of those things. If you're living a life, not just by lip service, that truly God is the creator and you're the creature. God is the master and Lord and we're the servant. You'll find produced in your life true service and the spirit of thanksgiving. Now let's make it applicable. I don't have the time. Uh, if we miss this in our mind, if we don't put it in proper perspective, uh, we've, you know what, I'm going to quit right here because I don't have the time. I might do it another time. I'll finish. But that's enough, I think, for us to realize today. How is your service for your God? Don't get trapped, like in the church setting, in the church setting. Sometimes we do serve people. We do serve people when it comes to service for God because God loves people and he wants us to do it unto them as much as to do it to him. So he'll involve us serving other people. But here's, here's a problem, and here's, here's a disclaimer for us. And it may help you to keep serving. And may you find reasons to serve. I'm not really doing it for the people. I'm not really doing it for the people. I'm not serving you because it's not based on your merit that you deserve it or not deserve it. I'm basing it all on the merit of my creator because he told me to serve. And my creator doesn't fail me. And my creator does not make mistakes. So when I serve you as in a capacity of a pastor, and I serve you in a capacity of as a Christian brother, I am doing it for you because I love you. Because that happens. When you invest in people, you end up loving them. And so you love people. But ultimately, at the end, you are really doing it for the credit of God. I'm being nice to you because God. I'm being loving to you because God deserves you to be loved because he asked me. In salvation, who has to be pleased before we can get to live in heaven? God the Father. But in whose merit do you come into heaven with? Your own? No. The merit of what Jesus did on the cross. So the only reason we're going to step into heaven's glory is because God the Father sees you have Jesus. And Lord, and only his credit, that's why I'm here. The same in service towards one another in the church house. There's a lot of people that get disgruntled, discouraged, irritated, 
frustrated serving other people. Because the problem probably is this. Stop focusing on the people. You're not really serving them. You're only doing it because of God's credit. I have a bank account. And I have an ATM here that you can go to my bank. And I'm going to tell you where it is. It's none of your business. And we're online. I don't want anybody hacking my personal identity. But I have access to the money I have. If I so choose to give the passcode and the PIN number to anybody I would, they would have access to it. But whose money is it? And I serve you this morning, not on your merit of my service. It has nothing to do if you earn my service. Come on, Christian, listen up to me now, because we have a problem with this. We don't serve people because they deserve it. We serve people because God, who deserves it, asks us to. And he is our master, and he is our Lord. And he deserves every bit of it. And it's God saying to you, son, I know, I know you don't want to do this, but, but that individual doesn't deserve it. Not, not even, not even, not even, not even that much. But I have all access to my, to my benefits. And I want you, this is my passcode. I'm not really going to do that, Mr. Vaughn. <laughs> my wife will kill me. But I'm going to give it to you. Can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? Me. Can you do me a favor? Love on that woman a bit behind you. That's how I can serve people that don't deserve it. How are you doing, Christian? Well, they have to be nice to me. You're going to wait a long time for people to be nice to you. I'm sad. I'm so sorry. If you're waiting on the merit of that individual, you'll never do anything good for anybody. I do everything I do because my God deserves it. My God deserves it. And he's worthy. I'm going to church not to please anybody. I'm here because God says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. You know why I come on Sunday night? Because he says to come on Sunday night. Because he said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. You know why I come on Wednesday? Because the church is open on Wednesday. We chose to do it that way. And so I come on Wednesday. Some of you I know there's some circumstantial things that hinder you from doing that. But can I give you this thought? Does God deserve more? Does God deserve more? The answer is always going to be yes. I don't care how much you've done. You ask my brother here that I've served his God for so long. Started a few churches. You ask him today. Do you think you've done enough? And I know what he's going to tell me. No. And so, Christian, are you finding excuses not to serve your brother and sister? Or are you finding ways to be a blessing? Because my service is based on this. God's credit. And God's honor. And God's name. And then here's another one. Ooh, it's going to be tough. Sickness comes, 
evil things of life because of the sin-cursed world comes. A wrecked house, fire happened, car broke down, my body's not functioning properly. Are you going to say to God, thank you? Are you going to say to God, thank you? Because I don't deserve anything anyways. Or are we going to do this? And I've done so much. Come on now. I need this a little bit. Come on, give me this. Well, you're talking to the creator. You're not just talking to one of us. You're talking to the God of heaven. Does it have to be everything the way you want it before you serve God? I think the answer should be no. It has nothing to do with what is happening with me. You are my master and Lord, and I will do it for your name's sake. I will do it for your name's sake. I will have the attitude of service and I will have gladness and thanksgiving to you. Some of our people are sick. And some of those same people have fears because they're humans. They have emotions. But some of those same people we've been praying for over and over and over again have talked to me personally and said this. Whatever God wants. Whatever God wants. Let thy will be done. Christian, is there places in your life you complain? I think let's get that right today. Because as you say God is your creator, why are you complaining then? He's allowing it for a reason. And all the things we should say is thank you. I know we're frustrated. And in confidence, find somebody to vent to. That's not a problem. But don't stay bitter. Don't stay upset. Don't stay with an attitude of negativism. Find God to be enough. His name is credible. He is worthy of your service and you having a good spirit. Lord, bless us this morning. I need this message so desperately. I need you to work on my life. Help us this morning, we ask. I pray as we listen to the music and as Pastor Cole uh, leads the invitation. Help us to be mindful that you are the creator and master and Lord and that we need to serve you and we need to have an attitude of thankfulness in Jesus' name.